Thank you for listening to the sermons here at Ascension Lutheran Church. Our worship services happen on Sunday mornings. 8.30 is our traditional worship service, and 10.30 is our contemporary worship service. We'd love to see you on a Sunday morning. You can visit us also on our website at www.alcrpv.org. We hope you enjoy the sermon. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this holy moment that we get to be and sit and know and be surrounded by your love, by your mercy, by your grace. Lord, we are in awe that you love us. We come to you with just granite heads, um, not knowing, not understanding. But you chisel out, you make new, you, you bring forth eyes and ears for us to hear. And so, Lord, we are asking for that now. We're asking for you to make this and turn it into something for your glory so there can be less of us and more of you. You can transform us into something that you see fit doing the work only you can do. We pray these things in the powerful name of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We are beginning a new um, time together with our sermons. And this is going to take us through the school year, is the plan. So we're going to take a month and look at each different fruit from Galatians. And let me read to you the verse, Galatians chapter 5. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. We're going to take a month and we're going to look at each different fruit of the Spirit. And Lisa and I have been working on this logo. And when I say we have been working, I mean I've been saying try to change this. And she's been working on trying to make this beautiful for you is really really more of the truth of what that is. But this logo is important, and it's going to be consistent. We're going to keep it up throughout the school year, but it's important that you understand why we did what we did, because in this logo is an important teaching. My one concern about us spending this much time on the fruits of the Spirit is that as you come to church and you start hearing these words of love, joy, peace, You are going to go home, and you're going to spend your time thinking, okay, the pastor is talking about love. I am going to work really hard on being more loving. I'm going to work really hard on being more patient. I'm going to take time to be patient. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to be patient. And then you start to drive out of the parking lot, and someone cuts you off, and you just immediately lose that patience. And you go, yep, there you go again. I ruined it. I failed. I'm a failure. I can't do this. I have no spirit. I'm a horrible person. And it's going to become this checklist where you're using these as these goals that you're trying to attain. And you, by the end of this sermon series, will be exhausted. Because you're going to be working so hard to try to do the impossible. So what we have done is in the tree, we have placed the image of the dove which historically represents the Holy Spirit. If you look down the left side of our glass here, the Father, 
the Son, the middle pane, and the bottom pane, the Holy Spirit. So the Trinity that we have here on the left side, reminding us Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit placed inside of the tree, telling us, reminding us that the Spirit is the one who gives us the ability to have any of these come out of this. It is not the fruits of Scott. It is not the fruits of the person. It is not the fruits of Carl. It is the fruits of the Spirit. The Spirit produces the fruit. And the Spirit is the one satisfying, nurturing, giving water, giving life to the tree. And so, if you have any task, any job to do during these next nine months, it is this. It is to rest in God as a tree rests by the river. It is to believe that God satisfies, God gives nutrients and water and power and life to the tree. And that that tree, by the flowing of the water, by the richness of the ground, produces fruit. Now, some of you may have been coming to church for a long time and you've been working so hard and you've been working so hard on trying to become the kind of Christian that you believe you're called to be and that work is exhausting and today I want you to stop. I want you to stop trying so hard. I want you to stop working so hard and I want you to rest. And I want you to hear the words that Townsend and Mark played so wonderfully and I love it when we get to sing the psalm because it is the way I think it's meant to be, right? It's a meditation that's meant to be sung. And so um, whether it's exactly like that or there's a lyre playing or, or there's a horn being blown, I'm not sure, but this, the, the process of the music taking it in. And did you hear what Psalm 1 is about? It's, about? it's about the tree that's planted by the river. That tree is one who delights in the law of the Lord. And it's just planted by the river. And that tree grows up. It's connected to the source of power. Like we talked about the vine. It's connected to the source of life and love. And that tree, where it's planted, where it's sitting, grows. Why? Because of everything that flows into it. Everything that flows through it. The fruits of the Spirit come out of that tree sitting by the river. And it contrasts that to the shaft. And when I think of chaff, I think, I, I know not many of us probably mow your own lawns anymore. Maybe a couple of you do. Some of you have a fake lawn. I have a fake lawn in the front. So my lawn looks great all the time. Um, but you mow the lawn, and what I think of with the chaff is, you know when you mow a lawn and there's those little bits of grass that sit on the, the pavement and on the sidewalk, and it's within hours they become brown. And then by the next day, they start to like shrivel up and just blow and become this thing that's just everywhere. And if you walk through your socks on, it gets everywhere. That's what the shaft is. What happened to it? It's no longer connected to the living thing. Right? It's been cut off. And once it gets cut off, it immediately changes the behavior and the way that that is. The tree that's planted by the river is the tree where the spirit grows. The spirit gives life. So rest in God. 
Rest in him and let him do the work. Maybe this is your first time hearing that, but just rest in Christ. Knowing he is enough. Knowing the fruits flow, the spirit flows and creates those things. So when you see this logo, I want you I want you to remember, I want you to be focused on the dove and the bird and all that is produced is from his work and from what he does. So if you spend nine months just learning to enjoy the presence of God and resting in him, what a great nine months it'll be. What a beautiful time it'll be. And maybe this will be just your time to be a little stock by the river and you just start to grow up and we just get to see a little bud on the end of there and that would be beautiful and that would be wonderful. Okay, so I told you that we're going to spend the um, school year and we're going to look at each different fruit. So we're going to zoom in on a fruit and this reading begins with love. You saw that in Galatians. It says the fruit of the spirit is love. Now Townsend and Marco and I, we got together and we spent a day trying to figure out how we're going to line up the different fruits. So we're not going to just go straight through. We're going to bounce around and move them in different places. But the month of September is the love month. Okay? And so we're going to be looking and talking about the love of God. Now, we heard today the Ruth story and Naomi and Ruth. A little bit of background as we start to think about what this love is. Uh, Naomi and Ruth, they are both women. And they are in old Israel. They're before uh, Jesus, so it's in B.C. time. And the fact of the matter is, and I know we don't spend much time thinking about this, but really up until about not very long ago, 1800s, maybe, women didn't have a voice in much of the world. And women, when they were alone, were very vulnerable. Um, I was telling Grace, we were driving up yesterday from Emily's, um, we did Emily's aunt's funeral, and we were driving the car, we were talking about this story, and you know, I talked about Ruth Naomi, and she said, no, I, I would be powerful and able to be okay. I said, maybe today, yes. But back then, you had no choice. You needed a man there to protect you. And Ruth and Naomi, the tragedy of the beginning of the story is they lose all the men. So all of their protection dies. The son-in-laws die. I mean, her, her sons die. Her husband dies. Everyone's dead. It's just the women. They're vulnerable. One of the daughter-in-laws goes back to her hometown, and Ruth goes to Naomi, or Naomi goes to Ruth and says, you should leave. I'm not able to protect you. I understand. Go back. And Naomi says, no, you are where I'm staying with. Your God is my God. I'm staying with you. And they go in. And they're in Israel, and they start gleaning, which means going to the side of the fields and getting the food from the side of the fields. And then there is a man, and his name is Boaz. And Boaz is the kinsman redeemer, K-I-N-S-M-A-N. What is a kinsman redeemer? This comes from Leviticus chapter 25. Leviticus chapter 25 says this, if any of your kin falls into difficulty and sells a piece of property, then the next of kin shall come and redeem what the relative has sold. If the person has no one to redeem it, but then prospers and finds sufficient means to do so, 
The years since its sales shall be computed, and the difference shall be refunded to the person to whom it was sold, and the property shall be returned. But if there are not sufficient means to recover it, what was sold shall remain with the purchaser until the year of Jubilee. In the Jubilee it shall be released, and the property shall be returned. This is just five verses of 25 verses that explains how we are supposed to take care of those who are vulnerable. So if you lose your property, if you can't buy back your property, your relative comes in, your kinsman comes in, buys it back and restores it and makes it right. If you can't have a way to do that, you build up your wealth and then you eventually buy it back. This goes on to talk about how if your brother dies, you are to take his wife into your family so you can protect her. All of this story is about God looking after the vulnerable. Now, the year of Jubilee, you might have heard of it, every seven years they have a Sabbath where the land rests and they trust in God to satisfy them. Every seventh seven, so every 50 years, 49 years, they have what's called the year of Jubilee. And it's a year of party. It's a year of celebration. It's a year, it's the, the, the rest of rests and everything is restored. Land is given back to those who sold it. Slaves are returned back to their land. Your credit card debt washed away. Every 49 years, all of it disappears. And there's this like great sigh of relief, right? You know how many times the Israelites celebrated this and we have record of this in the scripture? Take a wild guess. Do you know how sinners act? Now take a wild guess how many times we have record of it happening. Zero. They never did it. Why? Because we're broken, sinful people. But yet, God's plan of redemption is this restoration, restoring, bringing back. So we have Boaz. And Boaz sees Ruth and Naomi, and they are vulnerable. And they are gleaning from the sides of the fields. And they are connected via Naomi's family. He's a relative somewhere. We don't exactly know where of that. And these vulnerable women are doing their best to survive. And Boaz comes in and he takes care of them. He says, when you go into my field and you glean in my field, you are safe. No one's going to bother you. You are protected under my name. And then he goes to his servants who are working the field and says, I want you to intentionally leave more in the field so that they can take more, so that they can be satisfied. When I consider the difference between the love of Scott and the love of God, the major difference is chesed or agape, the faithfulness, the steady, steadfastness. You see, when I love something, my love tends to act like a, a cardiac heartbeat, right? Where, man, there's times where I'm loving, 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 things are going great, everything's going good, and then something happens. I don't know what happens. Maybe I didn't sleep well the night before. Maybe I'm hungry. Maybe I'm just it's in a bad mood. And what happens to my love? Oh, it kind of shrivels up a little bit, right? And it died, and it plummets back down. Maybe I get a snack. Maybe um, things get better. I start to be happier. Oh, my love starts to go back up. Anybody relate to this or is it just me? No, our love tends to do this kind of thing, right? How is the love of God, though? Steadfast, consistent. Every time you turn to him, it's the same. He's there for you. He doesn't go, you know, I was hungry that day, Scott. Sorry. 
I, I looked over you that day. Yeah, I was just distracted. You know, the lions were on TV, so I was paying attention to other things. That's not God's love, consistent, always there, always for us, always with us. Ruth and Naomi are wandering. They're afraid. They don't know what to do. They feel vulnerable and scared. And Boaz comes in. And Boaz surrounds them with his security and covers them with his protection and love. Imagine the heart position of two women who are utterly vulnerable, afraid, in the middle of a world that is against them. And now they find a safe place. Now they find Boaz to come in, surround them and protect them, and cover them with his love. Each one of us in this room, we are the vulnerable wanderers. We are the Ruth and Naomi. As as much as we want to believe that we have everything together, as much as we want to believe that we have enough money saved up and, and our health is good and we've been working out enough and we've been eating right and our job's going well, all of us are so frail that a phone call from a doctor, a mistake at work, some tragedy befalls our family, and we understand what it's like to be Ruth and Naomi to feel vulnerable and scared, to not know how to survive the next week. And the hesed of God, the love of God, the steadfastness of God comes in to surround his people and to cover them and to give them a safe place. Not to refill our bank accounts, but to tell us who we are, children of God, protected seen, known, loved. And I can say this to you assuredly today, that you are protected as Ruth and Naomi were protected by Boaz. I believe this for you and for me because on the cross 2,000 years ago, Jesus died, went into the ground, and three days later came up proving that he has the authority to look at you and say, you are mine. And I will not give up on you. That you can turn to me every time and that resurrection will still be true. That I will still be for you and with you. And this love doesn't give up. This love doesn't have ups and downs and lefts and rights. But this love has consistency and it has this surrounding and this covering of redemption, this covering of forgiveness. And imagine the difference between a Ruth and Naomi who were wandering trying to glean and a Ruth and Naomi who are protected by Boaz. And now circle back to the tree by the water. When the tree knows it's safe, it can rest. When you know that you are protected by the love of God, surrounded by him, in him, known by him, you have the freedom to remain and to rest. 
And from that place then, you're the tree planted by the water, filling up the spirit, the love of God with you, producing these beautiful things. And so all of this, all of this begins with us turning back to the cross and going, show me once again what it's like to be loved by you. Remind me again what it's like to have steadfast love coming at us, surrounding us. We're going to come in just a little bit down the center aisle, and we'll be here with bread and with wine. And as you receive the bread, you're going to hear some simple words. Simple words, but words that if you just take them into yourself and hear as Ruth and Naomi heard, Boaz saying, you are safe in my field. Nothing will happen to you. I've told my men to keep you safe. Christ taking his body, this is for you. You, I know you. I've forgiven you. This is my blood which I've shed for you. I know you. I've forgiven you. So then we can go back to our seats and we can rest in him as the tree rests by the water, knowing it's forgiven, knowing it's loved, knowing it's secure, and knowing that it's consistent. Every morning, Ruth and Naomi can wake up and know that they're safe because Boaz is protecting them. So the cool thing about this, just to put a little pin in the story so you can um, go back in your hearts and minds and reflect the area where Ruth and Naomi were wandering and had to come back to is a little city in Israel. You may have heard of it called Bethlehem. And that then becomes the lineage of Jesus from Boaz. And this family produces what becomes the savior of the world. So Jesus planted here this love, this hesed, this steadfastness planted way back in Israel's history produces all the way out to the one who looks to you and says, I love you with my steadfast, consistent love, the way that Boaz protected my lineage of Ruth and Naomi. Heavenly Father, what a gift it is to, to be known and loved by you. What a privilege it is to be called into relationship with you. Lord, um, we know we know a couple of things. We know the ups and downs of our own love. We know how inconsistent we are. How the ways we jump into something and then jump away and, and do this and do that. But Lord, you are the consistent one. You are the, the never giving up one. You are the one who comes to us and shows who you are regularly. And so Lord, we ask that at this time we might once again hear this good news that we might spend this school year learning what it is to rest in you. That we might rest believing that your Holy Spirit is watering, your Holy Spirit is nurturing, you're giving life to the ground, um, nutrients, that you're filling up the trees so that they can produce. Lord, let us not be a people who try to become more loving, but instead let us be a people who find ourselves resting in you. And as we rest, knowing that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness just, just comes off of us. The, the fruit just starts going. Lord, what a cool story that Boaz was there to, 
to protect Ruth and Naomi and that we then have the privilege of standing that lineage. People who are frail, people who are fragile, people who can be very scared can become very known and loved by you, the giver of all good things.